Welcome to Recovery Mic Drop, where we're dropping the mic on addiction and recovery. We are two women who have been through the highs and lows of addiction and came out on the other side with a wealth of experience, strength, and hope. We are here to share our stories along with those of other amazing people in recovery and offer a fresh perspective on what it means to live a sober life. So grab a seat, turn up the volume, and get ready for some raw, unfiltered, and inspiring conversation. Trigger warning, we will be discussing uncomfortable topics and using strong language without hesitation. So if you had a loaded gun in your hand, would you shoot yourself in the foot? No? Then why would you self-sabotage? That's a great question because I did it my entire life. Self-sabotage is a term that describes a pattern of behavior that interferes with your own success and well-being. It can manifest in different ways, such as procrastination, perfectionism, self-criticism, or self-medication. I believe self-medication explains, you know, how do you say that? Say what? Say what? (laughs) Self-medication is self-explanatory, basically using drugs or alcohol to avoid or to self-sabotage. It's often due to deep-seated psychological patterns, fears, insecurities, or self-doubt. I used to struggle with procrastination. Oh my God, so bad. And today I struggle with perfectionism and I never identified it as being a form of self-sabotage. So I'm learning stuff already. (laughs) So why do we self-sabotage? I mean, it's crazy. I did it my whole life. So I I had zero self-awareness at that point. But now looking back, I can identify some of the fears and insecurities and the reasons that I did. One reason is a fear of failure or success. It may be a way of avoiding the risk of disappointment, rejection, or criticism that comes from pursuing your goals or achieving your potential. That was me. I wasn't able to see it then, but that was me my entire life. I was afraid of of both failure or success. I was afraid if I accomplished something, then you would have expectations of me to keep going or I was scared that you would think I was better than I truly was, that I was a fraud. So I just, you know, let the shit show out. (laughs) So everyone knew that they couldn't rely on me. (laughs) So low self-esteem or low self-worth. Self-sabotage may be a way of confirming your negative beliefs about yourself or feeling undeserving of happiness or fulfillment. Unresolved past traumas or adverse experiences because... Unresolved past traumas that can lead to patterns of self-sabotage. Unresolved emotional pain or attempt to protect yourself from similar pain in the future. (laughs) I'm struggling so bad with this. (laughs) It's okay. Fear of change, even positive change, can be intimidating. I remember, I was just thinking about this earlier today. For In the beginning of my recovery journey, yes, I was scared to never use again. But I was also scared of changing. Like, Mm -hmm. what will my life look like without drugs? Who will I be? You know, like I said, I was scared of getting a job. I was just scared to be a functioning member of society and see where that Bridget would go. Like, it terrified me. And so it wasn't all about just never being able to use again. Although it was, I had a fear of change. Well, on the outside, seeing someone who continuously self-sabotages, it just looks like, you know, you're insane. What is wrong with you? Or you just think, man, this person is a mess. They cannot get their shit together. But really, it's just masking a deeper issue that you're not addressing. Whatever fear it is, or insecurity, or trauma, or whatever it is, self-sabotaging is a way to harm yourself, just like using drugs was a way to harm myself. 
It was all based in fear. But unless you have a little self-awareness, you're not going to know that. And the more you do it, you're digging a deeper hole and you just feel worse and worse about it. I mean, I remember that's how I felt. You know, I messed up in school, job, any opportunity I had, relationships, any opportunity I had. And I just thought, you know, I was I was a mess. I just thought I couldn't do anything, that I wasn't worthy and I wasn't able to put in the work and accomplish things. But in reality, I was just scared to death of everything. So I didn't have follow through because I, I just couldn't do it. You mean see through? (laughs) (laughs) What? I remember harming people before they could harm me. Mm -hmm. And gosh, did I mess some stuff up? You know, and it was it was a form of self sabotage out of fear and out of past traumas. And it does create a whole vicious cycle because I know for myself, I would fuck up yet again and feel really bad about it and just use that as an excuse to go farther down the black hole because look at me, I can't fucking do anything. So I might as well just go get fucked up. I said a lot of (laughs) F-bombs. Yeah, you (laughs) Woohoo, let's get them out. Self-defeating beliefs, beliefs that you're unworthy of success, happiness, or love can drive that self-sabotage. I believe that a lot. Like that was something I struggled with was not feeling worthy, not feeling enough. So I feel like that's how I acted. And it's almost like you're just constantly trying to reaffirm that image you have of yourself. You want to prove to everyone else that you are as low as you see yourself. And it just feeds it. And then meanwhile, you know, you're just causing more damage and more damage to your confidence and your self-esteem. And it just reinforces that negative image that you have. And then it increases your stress and anxiety because you create more problems. Over and over again. And you mentioned relationships. I was the same way. I was just very argumentative and just pretty crazy. And I would do, I would start a fight because I couldn't, I didn't want to really get close. I really didn't want you to know me because I didn't think you would like me when you knew me. And I would constantly pick fights or hurt you in order to keep distance between us. So I would sabotage Every relationship I had. I mean, it's probably a good thing most of them are awful. <laughs> <laughs> they we were ex- all in They were exactly winners either. <laughs> yeah. We were all doing it. Yeah, yeah. So what are the consequences of self-sabotage? Well, missed opportunities. Absolutely missed opportunities. You know, you're ruining, just like you said in the beginning, you shoot yourself in the foot to prevent yourself from reaching your dreams or goals or whatever it is. And it's so miserable. It really is. And I just remember living with that sick feeling in my stomach all the all the time. I didn't know it was fear and anxiety. I just knew I had it unless I was fucked up and avoiding everything. But I always had that feeling. Anytime anything was expected of me, anytime I had, you know, an exam or a deadline or whatever it may be, or anytime I thought someone was getting too close, you know, I would get that feeling. I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? <laughs> well, let's mess it up really bad. <laughs> That'll show them. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. I mean, I could think of a million examples. Like, you know, I mentioned before getting hired at that law firm in Pittsburgh and just going up there and being a total shit show, you know, and then having to like come home and be like, well, 
and make up a lie because I couldn't be like, you know, I was a mess and they had to let me go because there's no way they could keep me on. I don't know. I just, man, I'm just glad that's not who I am today. I can't even like pinpoint moments because I really just think from the start of me using drugs, like the moment I picked up and it was on because that's how it went for me. The moment I picked up, it was to the races. Mm hmm. I think that's why I went downhill so fast compared to a lot of people that spread out through years. But I just instantly went in, went into self-sabotage when I first picked up. And then that's just all it was throughout my using. Well, I guess for me, because I didn't, I didn't know it, but when I was younger, you know, I talked about having that feeling, that sick feeling all the time. And I did. I didn't know what it was. I couldn't identify it. But I just constantly, any opportunity I had, I would wreck it. Being fully able to complete the task. You know what I mean? I, I could do it and I would just not do it. <laughs> I don't know. And I could never understand it or explain it to anyone else. Like I'm failing to explain it right now because it doesn't make any sense. That's why that analogy <laughs> of shooting yourself in the foot is pretty spot on because it doesn't make any sense. I didn't understand it. For example, starting this podcast, I could have never, I would have talked about it talked a lot of shit about it but I'd have never been able to do it because I wouldn't able to, I would not be able to be vulnerable or put in the work because my fear would keep me stuck we could talk about anything really it's our podcast we don't have to stay on the topic <laughs> I know I'm just uh, what would you like to talk about today Bridget <laughs> it's like I said it's just hard for me to talk about self-sabotage because it's it's the day I picked up it was just all of it yeah you know what I mean so I don't it's hard for me to like talk about it well, and I guess that's the difference because for me, I believe that that feeling I talked about, that fear and anxiety is what led me to start using to begin with. And the only time I didn't feel it was when the drugs were working. And then when they stopped working, I was just left with a shit storm that I had created. I mean, self-sabotage, you know, stems from fear. And it's just another example of not loving yourself. Yeah, because I remember the first time that I picked up the thoughts that were going through my head, because at this point, you know, my family um, struggled with addiction. The first boyfriend that I ever had, he struggled with addiction. Like I just remember in, in childhood, always telling myself, I'm never going to end up like my family, like that. I'm going down the complete opposite path of them. And then when that boyfriend struggled with addiction and then he got sent to prison, I remember just thinking that all I could attract was addicts, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I remember the moment that I picked up, I was thinking, I'm going to see why this is so great that everybody is choosing it over me. Mm. And then once I tried it, I was like, I still don't understand. But I kept going because I thought that's I was surrounded by it. And I thought that that's all I knew. And I, mm. I didn't see myself outside of addiction. So I think that was the part it played of like self self sabotage. But I, I don't I can't like pinpoint or see how I did it prior to that, like some other things I can. In early recovery, I mean, I did with relationships because I, I still, even though I was, you know, incarcerated and then went to treatment, I didn't know how to live still. Like I had the tools, but it was like a process of learning how to use them and how to cope. And so I self-sabotaged in recovery for sure. Mm -hmm. And what doesn't make sense for me is that, you know, I would continue to do it and over and over again and be sick about the consequences, knowing they were coming. You know, like, for example, I just didn't go to a final exam in college, knowing it was 50% or 60% of my grade. And it was a class I had an A in, but I just didn't go. I decided to party instead. And then, you know, the next day felt sick about it, but played it off like I didn't care. 
why? Yeah. I couldn't understand it myself. So it just made me think, wow, I am a really bad person and I can't do anything right. And it would just fuel all those negative thoughts. In those moments when you don't understand why you're doing what you're doing or what you're not doing, you think you're a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. You, think you, you think you're unworthy. Like, what is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. I just remember when I was highly depressed, like in the midst of my addiction, I was tr- trying to come off drugs one time. And I, I couldn't, I just couldn't get out of bed. Like I, I didn't want to live. I didn't understand what was wrong with me. I thought that I was just abnormal. Like nobody felt this way in the world mm-hmm. and it doesn't make sense. And it's, I'm sure it's even harder to make sense if you have never experienced it. It's like, what the yeah. hell are you doing? Yeah. Well, God bless you if you've never experienced <laughs> it because it really is a horrible way to live. And it's like you have this image of yourself and then you are reinforcing it by self-sabotaging and then making everyone else have this exact same image of yourself. Because it's not enough for you to believe that you're not worth it and that you have nothing to contribute to society. You want everyone else to think that too. But then you feel bad that they think that. I don't know. It's insane. (laughs) It's, it's, It's as insane as being addicted to drugs is what it is because it's just fueled by the same shit. It's what leads people to relapsing. They like mm-hmm. can't fathom that they can live a happy, joyous, and free life. And that fear comes in. And then they're like, well, this is thoughts I've had. Like, I deserve to live in that life. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm just going to mess it up now and not even jinx myself or try to fake it. Yeah. I've had those thoughts. Who do you think you are? Go back to the drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's sad what we tell ourselves sometimes. And then my ego would mask all of it by saying, you don't need to do the work. You're fucking awesome. You know, (laughs) show up when you want to. They're lucky to have you. No one was ever lucky to have me at that point in my life. But my ego would be like, bitch, you got options. When I had none. (laughs) The consequences goes on, like the damaging to relationships, the decreased self-esteem, unnecessary stress, regret and guilt, financial consequences, obviously. And then it just reinforces those negative beliefs that you have about yourself anyway, which just get deeper and deeper, deeper Mm -hmm. and deeper. So there's some ways to overcome self-sabotage. For me, it was getting sober and working a 12-step program. So identifying and challenging your self-sabotaging thoughts or beliefs. So recognize when you are engaging in negative self-talk or irrational thinking and replace them with positive affirmations or realistic expectations. Those SMART goals... A SMART goals, break them down into manageable steps. Define your goals in specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound terms. And plan how to accomplish them in small increments. And you know, this type of stuff for normal people just seems obvious. You know, they're like, well, yeah, that's how you set a goal and accomplish it. But for some of us that didn't get the manual on how to live, it's like eye-opening. Like when I started learning how to set a goal and work towards it, It was just like, and I learned it in treatment at the facility we went to when they would give me an assignment or I'd work another step or whatever it would be, or I'd get a contract and I'd finish it. And then I would get this like overpowering, you know, oh my God, I can do this. I can start something and I can finish it. I'm not a total waste of space. And every time I accomplished something else, it gave me a little more self-confidence. I think this is why everybody should work the steps, though, because I don't think everybody has that. Like, what? 
what I'm doing now, working from home and helping other people Mm -hmm. do something, 97% of them are like overwhelmed, don't know where to start and don't do anything instead of taking. And because of my recovery, (laughs) I am able to take people through these steps and process setting those small, measurable, realistic goals. Mm -hmm. And I think there's just from my experience and seeing things around me, like a lot of people do struggle with reaching goals. And I think they just hide that with investing themselves in things that aren't good for them, whether that's eating, social media. And this is just something I've mm-hmm. realized recently. I don't, so I don't think that's just an addict thing. We just drink over it for some reason. Yeah. I mean, I was going to drink and get high over anything. So. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm sure there are a lot of people that struggle with this. I wish we were better at explaining it. Uh, Take it one day at a time, though, helped me so much. Yeah. Well, just, you know, like we just said, set measurable small goals have a larger goal but then set the smaller goals that get you closer to that larger goal because everything takes time and you can't do it overnight and if you try to take on too much at once you do become overwhelmed and you can get stuck yeah if you look at the big picture it's like (gasps) yeah it's scary seek support and accountability from others reach out to friends family mentors coaches or therapists who can offer you guidance encouragement feedback or assistance and of course practice self-care and self-compassion take care of your physical mental emotional and spiritual needs by eating well sleeping enough exercising regularly meditating relaxing having fun and being kind to yourself and when i was typing this list i'm like this is pretty obvious But who does this all the time? Who takes the time to really take care of yourself on a day-to-day basis? And it's just that you can't do all that in one day. But I mean, who really takes the time? Because if you're not spiritually fit, if you're not physically fit, if you're not mentally there, how can you work towards your goals? Accountability, too, and not even just like from other people. I think the most important is being accountable to yourself. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm not accountable to myself, I'm not going to tell you what I'm struggling with or open up to you or be around you who's going to hold me accountable. Hey, Bridget, you ever feel like you need to talk to someone about all the crazy thoughts that go through your head? Yeah, sometimes, but life gets in the way and I just feel like I don't have time for all that. Well, OnlineTherapy.com is a website that offers cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT online. CBT is a proven method that helps you to identify, challenge, and overcome your dysfunctional patterns and achieve your goals. OnlineTherapy.com has a dedicated team of professional therapists, counselors, and support staff that will work with you online to help you go from where you are to where you want to be. Your personal therapist will guide you through worksheets, unlimited messaging, and live sessions available as video, voice, or text. You can access OnlineTherapy.com from anywhere, anytime, and at your own pace. OnlineTherapy.com is confidential, convenient, and affordable with subscription plans starting at just $40 a week. Also receive a 20% discount for the first month. Let the team at OnlineTherapy.com help you find a path to a better life. You deserve to feel happier. Yeah, you do. For more information, click on the link in the description. So when I was starting to write this outline and it listed perfectionism as a form of self-sabotage, I was like, wait, what? I thought I was over this shit. And it really just goes to show how you're character defects will change and they're sneaky and they try to get in there any way they can. Because before, as I have said, any opportunity I had, I squandered it. I wouldn't show up. I didn't do what I needed to do. You know, I was just, I was a liability in almost every aspect. So today I'm the opposite. I show up, you know, and I'm an asset 
But when I read that perfectionism as a form of, you know, self-sabotage, and I was like, you know, that makes a lot of sense. And I've never looked at it that way. But I can get so caught up in just these little things that I'll miss the big picture that, and I'll get stuck on, I want this to be a certain way. I want it to be perfect as if I have this, you know, crazy illusion of control and it will get me stuck or it'll have me really hard on myself. And then I won't accomplish whatever I'm trying to accomplish because I'm stuck in this sick negative self-talk and I'm harming myself and I'm not on the path that I need to be on. I can still do this today. I just wasn't aware of it, you know, because today I can set a goal, I can do the work and I can accomplish it. And this is fairly new to me. I just learned to do this at 37 years old. (laughs) You know, I didn't know how to do any of that before. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's true. In my life, I didn't know how to set a goal and accomplish it. I didn't know how to show up because I was scared and I was controlled by my self-centered fear that I didn't even know existed, which is why working through anything like this, it comes down to doing the work on yourself and having self-awareness. And without that, you, you can't move forward. Yeah, for me, before the first time I picked up, I didn't really struggle with self-sabotage that I'm aware of. Like I struggled with a lot and I talk about a lot of the things we talk talk about I struggled with before, mm-hmm. but I just remember how you said, you know, you had that pit in your stomach and then would just not do something like I had that pit in my stomach that I had to do it. Like it gave me anxiety to not do something mm-hmm. like the littlest of things. I remember just not understanding how people in school could just not do their homework. Like <laughs> that was me, which it could have just been a perfectionism thing back then. And it was opposite. I don't know. Well, it just goes to show how the fear is there, but how does it manifest? Right. It can manifest in many different ways. For you and I, it would be opposite. Yeah. Today, I probably, for example, you just asked me, you still working out? I'm like, well, it's been two weeks and I haven't. <laughs> but the past two weeks, I haven't. And it was, you know, my back was hurting. And then it's just hard to get back into it. And that's probably just a form of self-sabotage. Yeah. When I was looking for examples, it said, you want to lose weight, but you also want to eat junk food. <laughs> And I was like, damn, yeah, that's right. (laughs) But it really is that simple. And we've talked about it before. Why sometimes is it so difficult to do something that I know is good for me, right? Like exercise or meditate or whatever it may be. Go to a meeting, read the big book or whatever book you want to read. Why do I find that so difficult to do sometimes? I'll just like, I'll be okay to do it. And it's something I'm going to do and da da da. But the first little excuse that is in my sight, I'm freaking snatching it up. You know, like my back was hurting. So I was like, this is a valid reason. You know what I mean? And then this morning, for example, I've been trying to get up earlier than Enzo. So I could have like a peaceful, quiet time with God. And I was reading my Bible and he gets up like 15 minutes after I'm in there. And I'm like, no point freaking doing this today. (laughs) It's because it's like any variation from what you have planned or your routine. And you're like, fuck it. It's over. (laughs) I do the same thing. (laughs) I I told myself, I was like, okay, I'm just going to go to bed as soon as he goes to bed and wake up at 5 a.m. If that's what it takes to get some peace. But like today hasn't been like sunshine and rainbows for me. It's been gloomy, kind of how it is outside. I'm probably getting a little seasonal depression. But I think it's because I didn't get that moment to myself this morning. But I was quick to let it go by. So I guess today, you know, 
self-sabotage is like what we just talked about. That's how it looks in my life. Me not taking the time to connect with God. Me not taking the time to help another person. And I try to always do the next right thing, but you know, life is busy and chaotic and you get distracted and I get overwhelmed with the constant to-do list in my head. And, you know, I think I have to be here and there and be this to this person and this, but the, all I really have to do is be myself, do the right thing and show up. That's it. I don't have to do all the other million things that I think I have to do. Self-sabotage for me can look like that. It's a perfectionism and then it's you know not taking the time to to do the self-care to do the things that I really need to do for me not you know for other people but for me but you can't work on your self-sabotage if you're not sober absolutely dun, dun, dun. <laughs> people have asked me like that aren't one of us mm-hmm. they're like what is something that I could do to help their struggling loved one I'm like nothing yeah. Especially when they're in that fog. Like mm-hmm. there's, I just know from my experience when I was in it, nothing, nothing was getting through to me. You can't Mm-mm. work on yourself. You can't become aware of yourself. You just have to genuinely ask God for help and hope something happens. Yeah. But like you said, first you have to be sober minded. The drugs have to be gone or you can't do any of it. So for anyone who feels like they struggle with self-sabotage, you're not a piece of shit. You just have some work to do. And the first step is getting sober and becoming self-aware. And that takes time. So give yourself a break and just, you know, take it one day at a time. Yeah. So we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear your stories of inspiration or your funny stories from the madness or anything that you would like to share with us because we'd like to build an episode around it eventually. So please email us at recoverymicdrop at gmail.com. And come over to Facebook and follow us at Recovery Mic Drop. And if you found this episode relatable or valuable, please rate the podcast. By doing so, it helps us reach more people who could benefit from our conversations. Bye. Bye.